Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. It's Live in the Bream with the host of Fox News Sunday, Shannon Bream. All right, this week on Live in the Bream, we have somebody that when we heard about her book and this came into our email, my assistant, Sammy the Amazing, says to me, you have to have this woman on your podcast. She is such a big fan and has taught me about our guest today. So I've become a fan too. Madison Pruitt Trout. Maddie, welcome to Live in the Bream. You've got a brand new book, The Love Everybody Wants. We can't wait to talk about it. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. I just love everyone at Fox News and I feel like we're already friends. <laughs> I know we're already connected. And, and listen, and we both um, share our faith. And I think that's such a nice automatic connection to feel like, okay, we're both trying to be about the same things, about getting this right, about living a life of service and having different priorities. And in the midst of all that, you've become a best-selling author, a speaker, an influencer, 3.2 million social media followers since 2020 when you were on a very famous dating show I may have watched over the years. Um, but what a whirlwind. Could you have expected that your life would be what it is right now? Uh, definitely not. I had no idea when I felt led to go on a reality dating show. I had no idea that's what, you know, my life would look like. I actually was in seminary before and felt called to do ministry full time. And so um, when an opportunity came to go on The Bachelor and I felt a piece to say yes to it, I was like, all right, God, well, this is going to be an adventure. <laughs> and <laughs> it has been quite that. And I have learned a lot and I'm so thankful for where I am today and just the person that God has continued to um, just refine me and humble me to become, um, but also the way that he's used my story um, just to encourage other people. It's been it's been just such a, a humbling and honored thing. So I'm I've been enjoying it. Um, like you said, I've written two books and this last book all on love and relationships has been so sweet because I started writing it single and then finished it married. And so I really got to just speak from a, an authentic place as I was navigating, you know, singleness, dating and marriage <laughs> as I was writing yes. it. 
And that's so goodness. I mean, you speak to uh, a different generation that young people, I, I like when I was dating and stuff, I mean, there were no apps, there was nothing. And I think sometimes like, oh, Lord, thank you for sparing me from all of this. I'm not sure I would have figured it out. I mean, you really just have to rely on him. But the world is different now with finding people online, having virtual connections um, over the precedence of in-person relationships for a lot of people. And I was looking at one survey today that said um, that people feel like dating now is so much harder even than before COVID, that people became very lonely and very isolated in a lot of ways. What would you make of the dating world as it is now? I mean, do you, how are people connecting? What's your advice to folks about if they do feel stuck in one of these places like, gosh, connection is really hard now? Absolutely. And I I felt like that's where I was right before because I met Grant towards the end of 2021. So it had been almost two years or a little over a year since COVID had hit. And I remember wrestling with a lot of questions like, you know, why is this so hard? Why is this not working for me? Am I the problem? Am I hard to love? Is there something wrong with me? And really battling a lot of those internal wrestles and thoughts. Um, And I remember I had this one moment you know, just praying and and talking with the Lord and really honestly being pretty frustrated and bitter with the season that I was in. I was tired of being single. Um, A lot of my friends at that point had gotten married. And I just remember being frustrated and just praying to the Lord. And he so gently, you know, corrected me and convicted me and just spoke to my heart of Maddie, you've been looking for the right thing just in all of the wrong places. You are looking for a lasting love and a love that will satisfy and meet your every need and make you feel less lonely and more whole. And you're trying to find that in a person and not in me. And that was the moment where I really had a shift in perspective that only God's love can fully satisfy all of the longings of my heart and complete me in the way that I longed to be made whole. And it was that moment that really started For me, I think at least learning to thrive and be content in the season that I was in, which at that time was singleness um, and really starting to invest in myself and find healthy community and create healthy habits. Um, And so I I was able to really shift from that perspective. And I'm grateful for that because I think I started writing this book single and bitter and then (laughs) and then switched (laughs) over pretty quickly to like single and thriving. And then um, a few months after that, Grant uh, did come into the picture. But I still have a good amount of friends who are still single. And, um, you know, I have seen it be a wrestle for them of them saying, you know, it feels like it's getting harder. It feels like there's not, you know, a good pull to, to pick from and there's not a whole lot out there and um, just feeling almost hopeless in that area. Um, And so, yeah, one thing I just continue to encourage them, of course, is like pray for those things, you know, have have what it is that you're looking for, have that vision, have that, um, you know, that standard of whatever you're looking for. And then of course, become that person, like focus Mm -hmm. on becoming what you're looking for, take time to invest in yourself and create healthy habits and um, just become the best version of yourself. And I think too, it's just realizing like, you're not less, um, you're not less of a person, you're not less of uh, even accomplishing your, your full purpose in life by not being married. And it really is trying to find that contentment in that season, knowing that if we neglect where we currently are, because it's not where we want to be, then we are fully missing out on what God wants to do in us and through us in the season that we're in. And so continuing to challenge, you know, my friends and the people around me to see singleness as 
as a gift while also continuing to have hope and dream big, you know, for the future. I don't think those desires are wrong, but it's when we take those desires and we make them greater than our desire for God and for God to to move in us and move through us. Yeah, and that really, we can do that with anything, with career, with children, with relationships, with a vacation, with a purse, like whatever it is that we're after. It's so easy to get off track. And like you say, wanting to have a relationship and be um, in marriage and find the right person, there's nothing wrong with that. But being content wherever we are in that moment that whatever God is calling us to, and as you say in the book too, as, as you just mentioned, singleness can be a gift. And we see that in scripture too, like the, like the, you're freed up for different assignments and adventures. And you may have periods of singleness, it may be your whole life. Maybe you are called to marriage, um, as most people are, but that's not everybody. And there is a way to be content with our lives when they don't exactly line up with what we thought they would be, because gosh, there are so many twists and turns that we don't know about. But but part of that is navigating this stuff in your 20s and 30s about being the right person, finding the right person. Um, and I, I wanted to touch on something that you touched on there, too. Again, we're talking to Maddie Pruitt-Trout, her new book, The Love Everybody Wants, What You're Looking For Is Already Yours. You talk about setting high standards. And it's funny because people will say, you're high maintenance or you're too picky. I think those things are possible, but I think it's different when you're looking at somebody that you want to be your partner in life. um, Mm. And you say people can get tired of waiting. You can feel pressure. There are all kinds of reasons that may force you to think about changing the standards for the person that you want as a spouse. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the biggest things that we really touch on in this book is learning to view yourself the way that God views you. And that way you're not longing for acceptance and belonging in someone else, but rather you are loving and receiving from acceptance and belonging. I think when we can learn to love ourselves, that is when we don't compromise our values, where we're able to set high standards and you know know what we deserve and what we're looking for. Um, it's being able to love other people from the overflow of God's love for us. And so I do think learning to value ourselves and love ourselves in a godly way and see ourselves the way that God sees us is so important um, in setting high standards and in knowing, you know, what you deserve because our true worth and value really truly does not come from ourselves or even from someone else, but it comes from a God who loves us relentlessly and pursued us to the cross and beyond. And knowing your value, believing your value and living as if you're valuable, you know, comes from using God's standards for what a healthy and loving relationship looks like. And so knowing your worth and value in Christ is so important when we're talking about, you know, setting high standards and developing healthy relationships with other people. Um, Because when you know your worth in Christ, you don't, have to play hard to get you just kind of are hard to get because you know what you who you are and you know what you deserve um and so i think that is that is so important and really the first step and and then after that it's you know it's turning to scripture it's it's really outlining like what what does god speak on when it comes to relationships and surrounding ourselves with um you know the right people and obviously something like a marriage is one of the most important decisions that we will make here on this earth because it's a lifelong commitment you're going to be with this person you know every day through and through through all seasons and so you want to be um with someone that makes you more like jesus which is going to speak to your identity and who you're becoming You're going to want to be with someone that pushes you close to Jesus, which speaks to your faith and how you're growing as a believer. And then you're going to want to be with someone that helps you make a difference for Jesus, which is going to speak to your purpose and your calling. 
And we talk through, you know, lots of different things in the book. Um, I have what I call my three C's. And those are the three things that I looked for, you know, when I was dating and and trying to consider, you know, is this the person um, that I could potentially see myself with? But yeah, I think we have to ask ourselves those, those tough questions and turn to scripture and really write out what is it that I'm looking for um, so that we don't find ourselves just getting into relationships just because we're lonely or just because, you know, they wear a cross necklace or have, you know, a Bible verse in their bio. Like we're, we're getting into relationships with people that are really making us more like Jesus and helping us do more for Jesus. We'll have more Live in the Bream in a moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You also talk about in the book, dating red flags about ignoring or tolerating certain behavior. What advice would you give young men and women who are out there looking for those potential warning signs? Hmm. It's so important because the red flags that we tolerate or ignore at the beginning lay the groundwork for the kind of relationship that we are going to be building on. And so we don't want to ignore those things or turn from those things or even try to justify those things. Rather, we should really lean in when we feel a lack of peace or a hesitancy um, or we feel that little check in our spirit. That's something we should really lean into um, and have people around us that also can speak into it as well well. And so a few red flags, I talk about seven different ones in the book. um, But a few uh, that I like to always touch on is one dating potential. Um, I think it can get really dangerous if we date someone that we hope might change. um, Because what ends up happening is we're dating this fantasy, you know, we're dating what might be or what may be but not what currently is right now. And so what I like to challenge um, my friends and the people who who get to read this book is, you know, let's not date someone for who they could be, but date someone for for who they are right now and who they are committed to becoming in Christ. And so watching their patterns, you know, are their patterns godly? Are their patterns holy? Um, are Are they continuing to show you that they are a person of character and integrity and surrounding themselves with godly people? And so I think not dating potential is really, really important. I think that's a red flag. And then um, another one is, you know, if their behaviors don't align with their beliefs, I think it's really easy to um, to talk the talk and not actually walk it out. Um, But our behaviors, our patterns should align with what we say we believe. And so I'm a big believer in action over intention because anyone can have good intentions. um, But sometimes, you know, all we need to do is pay attention to someone's behavior and it'll tell us everything we need to know about that person. It's so true. And the whole idea of the of the potential dating in my generation, we called it missionary dating. I don't know if you call it that anymore, (laughs) but this idea that you're like, oh, I can date this hot guy, but I'm going to fix him, you know, or whatever the thing is. And I remember when I met my husband, I had given up on guys. It sounds like you were maybe in sort of the same kind of headspace at that point or sort of like, I just give up on this whole thing. And my husband asked me out. And I thought, well, he's really hot and um, <laughs> this is going to be fun. It'll be a nice little date, but I'm never going to see this guy again. I knew I was, it was my last semester of college. I was going off to law school and I just didn't really have a great impression of him because of he was an athlete and some of these guys didn't have the greatest reputation. 
So I thought, well, I'm not going to missionary date, but I'm only going to be here for like three more months. I'll go out with this guy and then see what happens. And then that night on the date, I was like, whoa, this is not the guy I thought I was going out with. This guy, you know, when I got to his apartment, he and his roommates cooked for me. They had like devotion books out. But again, I'm super skeptical because I'm like, well, he knows where I am and where I'm coming from. Like, does he actually read these devotion books? I see the Bible out there. These college guys are really sitting around reading the Bible. But I mean, I saw, as you said, the action, the intention um, of really living these things out. And I was like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble now because I think this guy is husband <laughs> material. <laughs> I was going to try to just like go out to dinner with him a couple times and that was going to be it. But um, I do agree that you can't get involved with somebody thinking that you're going to save them or make them better. What I found out was he already had his act together by the time I got there, which was a very pleasant surprise. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. And that was, you know, I always say, um, and it's been said many times by lots of people that the healthiest and strongest relationships are made up of two healthy and strong individuals. And that was what I saw, you know, with my husband, Grant and I, very similar to you of what you were just saying, because I went on this date with him and I was like, oh, this dude loves Jesus more than anyone I've ever met in my life. And the way he shared his testimony, the way he treated people, the the questions he asked me, um, just the way that he even treated me, he was a gentleman, he was kind, um, he was honoring, he was respectful. I saw just these qualities um, of, of Jesus and that we're called to, to have as believers. And so same for me, I was like, he's actually about it. Like he already has a healthy and strong relationship mm-hmm. with the Lord. Um, besides me coming into this picture, trying to help him develop a healthy and strong relationship um, with the Lord. And I think that is so important because I think when someone tries to get better for you, you know, later down the road, they might become bitter because of you. That's mm-hmm. why you can't change just for a person. It's got to be a, it's got to be an authentic, genuine heart posture of wanting to change because we're being convicted, you know, by the Holy Spirit and by the Mm -hmm. Lord to change um, and not for someone else. And so I am grateful that, yes, I went on my date with Grant and we both were like, oh, we don't like need each other. We actually just want each other. Like, I don't need Mm -hmm. you to make me feel more whole. I don't need you to tell me who I am and vice versa. Um, But rather, we already know who we are in Christ. We already are confident in our relationship with God. And um, now we're able to just compliment each other. Mm-hmm. And can I just, first of all, we're talking with Maddie Pruitt Trout, her new book, The Love Everybody Wants. What you're looking for is already yours. Can I just take a moment here to put in a plug for good guys? Because I think there was a time in my life I might have, you know, been with guys who would play games. You didn't really know where you stood. So you were always sort of off balance. Is he crazy about me? Is he not? All of this game playing kind of stuff. When I met my husband, And like I said, was pleasantly surprised about what a mature, serious guy he was. Um, I think that some people would run away from that. They would think like, oh, it's so stable. Like there's no uncertainty about this. Like there's no craziness involved in this relationship. But please, can I just put in a plug for if a guy is solid and you want a relationship, I mean, you're looking towards marriage, like give this guy a chance. Spend some time. This is what you want. Don't run away to the thing that is unattainable or exciting or crazy if what you really want is a serious relationship and marriage. So sounds like that's what you found too. <laughs> that's so good because I will be the first to admit that I was the girl who mistook for fun and adventure for toxic and unhealthy. Right, and I, it's easy to do. 
Yeah, we can do that often because we're like, oh, I like to be on edge. I like the chase. Mm -hmm. I like the game. I like the uncertainty. But what I've learned is there is nothing fun about a lifetime of instability and lack of peace and lack of security. And there is so much peace and joy and purpose um, in knowing that you are with someone that is going to make you more and more like Jesus. And you are with someone who's going to push you in your God-given purpose and destiny. And I think that because of Hollywood and because of the tainted pictures that are painted on social media and in movies, we have really um, formed this idolized romantic view of love. And we want just the, you know, roller coaster that it gives us. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just think that's where it can get really, really dangerous. And I, again, will be the first to admit that that was a lot of my dating history. And I'm very vulnerable in the book about how um, I learned really quickly that dating Maddie's way is not going to lead down um, a good path. And it's not going to ultimately give me what my heart longs for and desires. Um, And so, yeah, I'm so glad that you spoke to that because I think that's so real that a lot of us feel. That's true. If you find a good one, like really kind of step up and think about, oh gosh, how can I invest in this and see if this is the person for me? Because I'm telling you, as you said, it's hard to find um, somebody that shares all of your priorities, is going to watch out for you, is going to encourage you to be better and stronger and to support you in all of your adventures in life. And there will be many. Okay, I'm coming up on 28 years being married. Um, What have you learned in those early years of marriage? They're so interesting and there's so much um, that you just learn about each other and about yourself and about this commitment that you've made. But now that you started the book as a single person, you're now married. What are you learning about marriage? Well, first of all, congratulations. That's amazing. I'm keeping up. I I need to be calling you. (laughs) (laughs) We're all always learning. (laughs) We are. We are always learning. And I'm I, like I said, I'm really grateful that Grant and I, you know, came into a place where we refused to settle in our past. And because of that, we were at a place where we were both in a healthy uh, spot with God and we were able to enter into our relationship from a very healthy spot. Now, has it always been perfect and easy? Absolutely not. <laughs> and it was not it was not in dating. Um, there was a lot of figuring that out. And, you know, a lot of selfishness and pride and insecurity was revealed. Um, and same within marriage, you know, relationships reveal. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. They reveal. They reveal what's inside of you, um, the deepest parts of you, the best and the worst parts of you. And so there were things that were revealed early on in marriage that I was like, oh, I didn't even know that was inside of me. <laughs> I exactly. Had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea that I could, you know, get so easily offended by something so silly or whatever it may be. Um, And so there was definitely a lot of learning and we are only, we are still so new. We just celebrated our one year anniversary. Congrats! I know. Thank you. It's been, it's been really, really sweet. Um, We've definitely learned a lot and there's been a lot of highs and lows and figuring things out and learning and a lot of having to um, be quick to forgive and be very patient and full of grace towards one another. And so I would truly say like the biggest thing we've learned in this first year is really just like the simplicity of the gospel and how that's displayed even within marriage. Um, 
that it really just comes back down to like forgiveness and unconditional love and a lot of unmerited grace. Um, and that's God's love for us. And that's really what, you know, our relationship with our spouses and marriages are really just symbolism of God's love for us and our relationship with God. And so it, it, it's continued to help me see, honestly, um, my relationship with God in a totally different way. And it's been very humbling. It's amped up my prayer life. (laughs) I feel like (laughs) I've prayed a lot more, which is obviously always good. Um, And so it's been really good. I've definitely learned a ton and just have um, so much respect for um, all of the, the marriages like yourself that have been in this for, you know, all 20 plus years. Um, it's just amazing. And just the sacrifice it takes, the humility it takes, the work it takes, um, the prayer it takes, and just so much more. So it's it's been fun. We're excited for the years to come. Yeah. Well, thank you for being transparent, too, and saying, you know, it's not all fairy tales and romance all the time. But the fact is, it can be that a lot of the time, what my husband and I always say is we are not perfect, but we're perfect for each other. You know, we've made this commitment that we're going to walk through life together. And like you guys, I mean, life will turn you through you so many different twists and turns. And we've been through some really dark valleys. But thank God we had each other and God, most importantly, guiding us through and keeping us to that commitment and walking us through um, to just greater joys on the other side. So thank you for what you're putting out there, um, Maddie, in so many different ways, just positive and truthful and inspiring. The new book is The Love Everybody Wants, What You're Looking looking for is already yours. Um, just thanks for being a light. It's great to have you on Love in the Bream. Thank you so much for having me. I so enjoyed talking to you and thank you for everything that you're doing. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.